Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's going well. I am in Dallas. I came over for a conference this week, had dinner actually in the Fort Worth area, and went over to Southwestern while I was in the area. Did you? Dropped in on Seminary Hill over there. That's exciting. Did you get to see anyone? Uh, no. I also feel like I should apologize to the dean at Scarborough College for parking in his reserved parking spot. Um, but it was like <gasps> it was like six fifteen, and he was gone, and I was just we were just wanted to see the new Mathena uh, Center or Mathena Jonathan. Building. We walked through there. We walked down Martyrs Walk and saw the plaques and everything. Kind of neat. So they had a, a some kind of festival type thing going on on campus tonight. So we we walked around. We saw we, uh, Chris and I, Chris Martin and I uh, from Lifeway. Uh, so we just kind of took a little self-guided tour real quick of the new digs at Southwestern. Very, very nice. That's cool. I'll have to, um, you know, I'm supposed to be in Dallas in about a month and a half. And so I should make make my way over to Fort Worth as well and check that out. And I'm sure, I mean, I, I'm sure there's grace for you parking in that spot and I'll just go ahead just so we know, you know, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones at Southeastern today. Um, I was trying to get close to the building parked in 15 minute parking stayed in there. I know for 30 minutes. Oh, so, oh no, that's all of us. All of us. At yeah, least mine was after all, hours. You know, mine was after hours. Fair. I was planning to come back out, but I started talking, you know, uh, we also, we dr- drove by the Horner homemaking house as well as uh, Pecan Manor. So we saw all of that and uh, the new uh, Mathena Hall, just all the new stuff they have over at Southwestern. So we we had a good time. Every time I hear about the Horner Homemaking House, I think about, um, so my college, we had a strong interior design program. And so we had a house on campus there that the design students would use uh, to practice in. So, uh, but I haven't been able to get to campus since they built that, it's been a really long time since I visited Southwestern, and I definitely want to check that out. All right. Well, you'll have your opportunity maybe in about six weeks, so uh, you have to check that out. Perhaps. And if not, you'll be able to definitely see it uh, this summer. I know they're opening up the uh, the campus whenever everybody's in, in yes. Dallas for the SBC on that Wednesday night. They're having a big barbecue uh, cookout over there, Gonna yep. inviting everybody, going to run shuttles back and forth. So. Uh, you have to check that nice. out if you're in the area for the SPC annual meeting. And you should be, and not just you, Amy, the listeners. Everybody should be there. Yes. We're, we're pushing for 10000 in Texas, so 10K in TX. That's what we want. And, and by the way, we're not just pushing for 10000 in Texas. But in this. Birmingham we, and Orlando. We want this to be the time that engagement picks up, people start coming. This is where decisions are made. This is where people really get to see the cooperation in action. And so we're starting the push now. And that's because decisions are made. By those who show up. That's right. All right. And don't forget that, people. All right. Before we jump into the news this week, I want to once again thank our sponsor, the Billy Graham School of Missions, Evangelism, and Ministry at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Whether you are preparing to plant or revitalize churches in North America or to take the gospel to places where Christ is not yet known, the Billy Graham School is committed to training the next generation of Great Commission leaders. Learn more about the Billy Graham School's MDiv, DMIN, or other degree programs today by visiting sbts.edu slash bgs. Again, that is sbts.edu slash bgs. 
All right, Amy, some news out of Tennessee this week. Randy Davis and a host of other leaders in Tennessee uh, spoke out against a white supremacy rally that is scheduled for tomorrow, October 28th, uh, after the day after this podcast drops in Shelville and Murfreesboro. I was hearing about this all the way over in uh, North Carolina. And, you know, of course, it's it's close to home for me, so uh, caught my attention but it, this was so big that, you know, Randy Davis uh, from the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board um, called a press conference. Yeah. Uh, to, to, and, and the reason was to be certain. I mean, there's just no question of where a Tennessee Baptist stand on this. And the press conference, you know, kind of kind of showed that it wasn't just releasing a statement or, you know, sending out something on social media. It was to stand up and say, we absolutely are against this. He, he said, we are categorically opposed to the white supremacy movement and any movement that diminishes the dignity of any human. And just the, the news about this event um, is very disturbing. Um, and uh, he, he was clear, said, you know, we're not making a political statement. That's not our intent. Um, but it's the intent to say, you know, this, this movement is it's evil. And yep. it is not, uh, it's, it's not, it's not who we are. And, uh, so, so really great, uh, to see, uh, Randy Davis taking a stand for Tennessee Baptists and Southern Baptists. Yes. And these rallies will be anti-immigration rallies, both in Shelbyville and Murfreesboro. And I know the Tennessee Baptists have been doing a lot to help immigration in the state. So, uh, this really, it, it goes against everything they've been working for in the immigration area. Uh, they sponsored the Reaching the Nations Conference last year here in at Brentwood Baptist, uh, which I know is going on this weekend at your right. campus. Uh, North right. Carolina we're Baptist, getting ready. Yeah, North Carolina Baptist, very involved in that. Tennessee Baptist as well. Uh, so, you know, a lot of immigrants in the Nashville area, uh, both from Central America and also Kurd uh, immigrants uh, from the Middle East, uh, the largest Kurdish population outside of the Middle East is in Nashville. So and they, they had a That's, big demonstration yeah. this week as well. So, uh, you know, That's wanting correct. freedom for Kurdistan. So thank you, Randy Davis, for standing for uh, human dignity and immigrants here in the States. Yeah. So and it and it's it's good to note and I'm I'm glad I'll get to be here where I can see this, be a part of this that on the same weekend that these uh, demonstrations are happening, that Southern Baptists are gathering in another place to talk about how we can actually reach the refugees and the immigrants that are coming uh, to uh, to our neighborhoods. And so um, not only are, uh, are Tennessee Baptists speaking out against this, but the International Mission Board, the North American Mission Board, Peoples Next Door, North Carolina Baptists, um, Southeastern, and all the people who are coming are saying, we actually want to reach people. And we, and, and when it's not just that we're against this, but actually we want to be actively doing something. And, uh, so it's, it's nice to know that, that there is, is a different message, uh, coming this weekend, uh, from these rallies. Agreed, Amy. And, uh, moving down to New Orleans, got our final trustee report. We mentioned it last week. That was the one outstanding fall trustee report from the seminaries. I got that this week and are really talking a lot about the fundraising that's been going down. I've been going on down there. We mentioned that actually a, a few weeks ago back here whenever they had the million dollar Monday, they called it. And uh, so they discussed a lot of the fundraising that's been going on uh, and talked about the, the funds for African-American students and the scholarships have been set up for them. They also voted to move the seminaries Orlando hub from First Baptist Orlando to the Church of the Cross in Orlando and approved a church leadership certificate site at God's Acre Missionary Baptist Church, uh, an African-American church in the Atlanta area. 
Uh, also, uh, Bill Day announced his retirement. Uh, he'll be moving to a new position of distinguished research professor from his role as professor of evangelism and church health. And and one big thing uh, for their trustee meeting is that um, New Orleans turned 100 this year. So that was a time that they celebrated uh, celebrated that. So kind of a big deal there, and congratulations to them on their centennial. Now, big, big news um, coming out of Lifeway or out of uh, the company that bought the building uh, from Lifeway. Yes, (laughs) but big news out out of downtown Nashville. But speaking of centennials, the Centennial Tower at Lifeway is scheduled to be imploded on December the 2nd uh, and will be followed by the demolition of Sullivan Tower, which I currently work in, in early 2018. So uh, the developers, they've started developing. That's what developers do. And, uh, That's what they do. They're starting to to take down uh, the buildings. Uh, the, the store has already been taken down at, at the corner of Broadway and 10th Avenue uh, North, and uh, not the band, but the uh, the street. Uh, but right. that right. is uh, that has caused some uh, a bit of traffic congestion, as you may well imagine, in the, oh, uh, the Nashville can... area and downtown. So it's it's kind of a pain to try to get in and out of Lifeway these days because of the oh, the road closures. I'm they're sure. taking down the World Bridge now, so. Uh, yeah. A lot going on, and uh, yeah, December the 2nd, if by chance I happen to be downtown watching it, I will live stream it more than likely. Uh, from what I understand, they're draping the tower, and okay. they're going to uh, to implode it, and it'll fall, and because they want to keep the dust to a minimum and right. uh, the glass right. and all that. So they, they're going to drape the tower. It's small enough that they can drape it and implode it without yeah. it stuff going everywhere. So. so- when I was in college, uh, and I was at Converse College in Spartanburg, South Carolina, um, there was a building that was imploded. I think it was in downtown Greenville. And I remember like everything, all the news channels carried it. Um, cause it was such a big deal. They talked about it for weeks and then everything like cuts in and, you know, stops to cover this. And I can remember sitting in my dorm room watching it on TV cause it's kind of a big deal to implode a building. And it's just not something you see every day. It's not something you see every day. So we'll uh, keep an eye out. And if, if I happen to be downtown for it, we will live stream it uh, probably on Facebook Live for the podcast here. Also, I'm planning on doing some Facebook Live videos with the new building and uh, doing some tour type stuff of that. So we've got a few events going on leading up to that. So keep an eye on the SBC This Week Facebook page uh, for the, the videos and Facebook Lives uh from the new Lifeway headquarters. And uh, I'm hoping that this time I will not fall. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's That uh, that doesn't need to happen in every uh, Facebook Live that, what, what that we have. What if it was? What if it was like was a gag? Good. If it was like the running, running that gag? That could be kind of your thing. Yes. I don't like that thing because that was painful. So come up with another thing. It could be like your, you know, your, it's like Chevy Chase on Saturday oh, okay. Night Live. That's true. It could be my Carol Burnett thing where she'd pull her ear or whatever. And right. my thing is falling, and that, that way my wife knows that I'm saying hello to her or something like that. That yeah, that <laughs> not really. Be, well, I mean, it works until That's you get like extenuating circumstances. Hurt. Yeah, 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 until you get seriously hurt. Now, this story, the Baptist Press story about the implosion, I, I do want to point out. We'll have it in the show notes. Is that you know, it's not like you guys are 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 retaining some things. Uh, the there will be the stained glass windows from the van yeah, nest. Not everything's being destroyed. Yeah, right. So some things are being pulled out of the building that will keep that, you know, that history. 
um, alive in the in the new building. And so uh, there'll be some kind of, um, I guess, hat tips to the old one. Yeah. So that's that's really good. But it'll be strange because um, so I'll be there in uh, just a few weeks for the Lifeway Women's Forum, but that's in Hendersonville. I don't know that I'll make it downtown. So when I go home for Christmas, it's going to be weird to go through downtown and then it's just gone. Yep. The tower's You'll have to come there. see the new place. I will. I may, I may have a couple people that can get you in that one. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll try to All work right. something out for you. All right. Yes. Amy, we've worked our way through five state convention annual meetings and we've got, it looks like uh, five more this week. So that puts our total to 10. Uh, but uh, we're right. going to start in California where A.B. Vines and Victor Chaya Sarisaban were reelected as president and vice president of the California Southern Baptist Convention. And Bill Agee announced uh, some restructuring of the California Southern Baptist Convention as well as they passed a $14.89 million budget. Wow. Uh, which includes uh, 35% of CP funds going on to national causes. The uh, the big news coming out of this was the reorganization of the executive board. They they moved the membership from 40 down to 28. So the executive board of the State Baptist Convention went from 40 to 28. Not mentioned in the story, but there's another story in the California Baptist paper uh, that details that. Uh, it was passed uh, 39 to 1, it looked like, uh, from the reports in the California Southern Baptist paper. Yeah, well, and we knew with a uh, new executive director and uh, things going on that um, that there probably be some changes, transitions. So uh, very interesting, and uh, it looks like they had a good meeting. Yep. All right, moving over to Utah, Idaho had 140 people show up for their meeting where they celebrated a total church membership of 194 and 46 church plants this past year, up from just 23 wow. that they planted the year before. They doubled their church planting numbers in one year. That's fantastic. That's amazing. We have some friends that are out there um, uh, right now and they're uh, planting a church and it's been incredible uh, just getting the the updates back. I actually got just got one over email tonight. The, the things that are happening uh, in Utah and uh, the work that's being done. And so it's exciting to see that, you know, not just the church plant that I know about, but there's that many but that there are that many uh, church plants popping up. And, you know, our, our trip out west this summer, we spent a lot of time during those 10 days after the SBC annual meeting. Uh, a lot of that time was in Utah, and it's just a beautiful place. There, There's a significant just uh, emptiness of, of gospel presence there, and so it's incredible to hear of the work uh, that's being done. Yep. They also approved a $1.7 million budget and moved their CP percentage from 27 to 28% of the CP gifts being passed on to national causes. Utah and Idaho Baptist also elected President Matt McGuckin, the, the pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in Idaho Falls, as first vice president Brian Catherman, second vice president Corey Hodges, and recording secretary Chana Sidwell. Uh, they were all reelected unanimously, and that'll move us over to Kansas, Nebraska, where they increased their CP percentage by 1.5 percentage points. Excellent. Yes, they approved that increase, an anticipated $2,777,000 in CP receipts. They will forward on 28.5%. Uh, they also approved a budget of about $4,409,916. Amy, one of the big notes out of this state convention was a proposed resolution asking Southern Baptist entity heads not to hold staff positions in local 
churches. And after significant discussion about it, they uh, decided to refer the proposed resolution to the Kansas-Nebraska Convention of Southern Baptist Executive Committee for further examination. They're expected to get a report on this at the 2018 annual meeting. We've seen discussion um, about that issue uh, in recent days, but, um, you know, there are different resolutions about all different types of issues, but this is certainly uh, one to keep an eye on. They also elected officers Derek Lynch um, from Blue Valley Baptist Church in Overland Park, Kansas, and a former vice president of the convention. He was elected president. And Voight Lynn, a pastor of First Baptist Church in Douglas, Kansas, is the newly elected vice president. And then they reelected Brian Jones as recording secretary, Susan Peterson as assistant recording secretary, and Tony um, Mattia as historian. It intrigues me, uh, some of these state conventions that have uh, historians. Oh, you totally this dig is not that. You're going to make a motion, yeah. I'm sure, at the North Carolina as, one to try to start that. Yeah, as an officer. I think that's kind of cool. No, but in, in uh, some states like North Carolina, there's a historical uh, committee. So they actually have like a standing committee. Are you on that committee? Well, I, if uh, the messengers of North Carolina vote uh, to approve this year's nominees. Yes. Oh, goody. I was going to have to make a phone call. All right. Sounds good. I don't <laughs> have to do that anymore. All right. Oh. Over to Indiana, the Hoosier state, uh, 170 messengers and 54 guests showed up at their Highland Lakes Baptist camp as they had their, uh, meeting in the new worship center. Great picture of that, uh, too. I love That's the lighting beautiful. in there. Well done up there, Steve McNeil and company. Uh, they approved a budget of just over $4 million, which uh, represents about a six and a half percent decrease from 2017, and they also anticipate $2.39 million in CP receipts from churches. 40% of that will be forwarded on to the Executive Committee for SBC National and International uh, Missions and Ministries. And uh, other than that, no real major news coming out of this one, just um, elections this year. Uh, they reelected all the convention officers to a second term president, uh, Bruce Reynolds, first pre first vice president Roger Kenyon, second vice president Randy Forsyth, um, recording secretary Sandy Irick. So that's a uh, that's great for them, and it sounds like they had a great uh, a great meeting. All right, finally on the state convention front, Nevada Baptist had messengers from sixty of their two hundred and eighteen Southern Baptist churches. Uh, show up for this year's annual meeting at Life Baptist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. As you might well imagine, Amy, the uh, the recent shooting in Las Vegas was a topic of discussion at this meeting. Oh, absolutely. Um, I I would expect that, and I'm sure that, um, you know, with it actually being held in, at a church in Las Vegas, that certainly very close to home um, there. So they uh, they heard about outreach efforts and. Um, just really showed their unity in that time. Yes, and the Nevada Baptist Convention reported that there are 5.5% of head of budget for 2017 in their cooperative program giving. Wow. An overall increase of 6.2% was approved for 2018, and they're going to stay at 50-50. So they're uh, one of the early adopters on the western side of the U.S. that's going 50-50, and their CP is outpacing budget, it seems, every year. So uh, incredible report from out there in Nevada. 
other, you know, just interesting things. There were a ministry report uh, about refugee ministry. They last year voted to partner with the International Mission Board uh, in ministering to refugees from North Africa and the Middle East. And they reported on uh, on that there. The Nevada Baptist Convention is just doing a lot of interesting things these days. And uh, it's great to hear about that. Yep. Also, the president and vice president were reelected by acclamation, had no one running against them. That's layman. Ted Engel of Fellowship Community Church in Reno, who is the president, one of our few layman presidents in the SBC, and Damian Cirincioni, uh, the executive pastor at Shadow Hills, is the vice president. That's going to do it for our state recaps this week. One final note, uh, sad note from Ohio, Orville Griffin, uh, the former Ohio exec, died on September 18th mm. after months of illness. He was 85. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the Griffin family. That's going to move us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy? blow our minds. All right. So we are going to go um, to 1961. And uh, so this is just a little one. It's not any, you know, uh, every now and then I'm finding kind of uh, kind of unique stories. This is just a great highlight for uh, one of our Baptist uh, colleges, now universities out there. So there's a story from Riverside, California, that California Baptist College, which is now California Baptist University, um, had achieved uh, accreditation. It was uh, reported on October 27, 1961. Uh, the Western College Association granted academic status to Southern Baptists at that time, only liberal arts college on the West Coast. Wow. Um, and uh, it followed. Is that, and is that actually still the case? It, it may be that Southern Baptists only liberal arts college on the West Coast. I can't think of any other ones, but correct me if I'm wrong out there if anyone is listening. But anyway, they had um, an evaluation by the Commission on Membership and Standards, and that's a, a really big deal. They had been doing it for uh, three years, and. Um, and it, it really brought them in. And now they're not California Baptist College. They're California Baptist University. Um, we have students uh, at Southeastern that come from CBU. Um, one of our uh, esteemed graduates uh, who now is on staff at a church uh, in, in California, Jenny Price. Uh, she is uh, just incredible. And she was a, a graduate of CBEU. Yep. Well, our trustee chairman, Kent Dacus, is vice yeah. president at California Baptist, and Kevin Ezell's son is a student out there at uh, California Baptist. Yeah, well, and uh, Chris Morgan, who's a great uh, friend of, of uh, Keith's and, and other people here, he is an administrator out there. So they are doing great work at CBU. It is growing all the time. I actually just saw today uh, one of their publications that had come out, their president's uh, report, just showing all the great things that are happening. So... Uh, good stuff in Riverside, California, one of our great uh, Baptist colleges and universities. We have some wonderful ones everywhere, but um, uh, we don't speak about that one as much. And so I wanted to bring it up because um, they're doing incredible work. And in some ways, it all started this week in SBC history, and it's uh, worth celebrating. All right. Well, that's going to move us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Uh, mine is uh, a new book that's out by uh, Daniel Aiken. I, I think I've heard of him. Yes, uh, I have. Uh, I have as well. Um, I've even met him once or twice. Signed your paycheck. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm thankful for that signature over all others. 
Um, he uh, has written a book, Living Doctrine, uh, the book of Titus. It is uh, published through um, Lexham Press. It's a series that um, called the Transformative Word series uh, edited by Craig Bartholomew. And so uh, it's just a, a, a really great um, little book that's come out uh focusing on, you know, that, that Christian doctrine is not just about getting the facts right, but it's about transformation. And, um, and so we're always really excited about anything that comes out from Dr. Aiken. Um, but he's, uh, mentioned specifically that, that this was just a, a really great project. He loved working on this. So, uh, very excited about that one. All right. Well, my resource of the week is a, a new subscription program for social media users here at Lifeway. It's called Lifeway Social. I think we've mentioned it on the podcast before, uh, but right now you have the opportunity to sign up and be kind of coached on social media. Uh, they haven't had this available. It just kind of opened up this week. Closes soon, though. Uh, so check that out over at LifewaySocial.com. Uh, Chris Martin, good friend, uh, you know, and we mentioned him earlier in the podcast. Yes. He's here with me in Dallas uh, for a conference, actually, about some of this kind of stuff. So uh, he's running maybe, that. Yeah, maybe I should do that. Maybe I should get some coaching. Maybe you should. That would be helpful. He would be able yeah. to help you a lot. So I yeah. know he's helped Southeastern in the past with social media. So I'm sure he would uh, love to have you as part of uh, Lifeway Social and any of our listeners as well. So if you, you act now, you can get actually, I think, a 15% off of the regular price before uh, the, the big full launch. We're kind of in the soft launch stage right now. And uh, he's had some people sign up, some well-known bloggers people would really know uh, have signed up. And uh, we, we're helping people out and trying to make them more effective and use their tools that God has given them online, uh, not just to build platforms, but to really get the gospel out there. So uh, Chris does a great job with that. And uh, check it out at LifeWaySocial.com. Fantastic. All right, Amy, I know you've got a busy weekend with the Reaching the Nations uh, conference there in Wake Forest. I've got the conference I'm at in Dallas as well. Uh, so both of us kind of conferencing it out this weekend. Yeah, so uh, it, it, it'll be a busy time, um, but I think very good. And then uh, going into another just busy week in Wake Forest. Yes, and there were some other state convention meetings this past week. Uh, many of you probably in those states uh, realized that, hey, you know, our state meeting was this week. Why don't we have anything? Well, we don't have a story yet. So as soon as we have that, we will cover that. Uh, and I, I saw something, Amy, really neat before we go. I'm going to put this tweet in the show notes. Uh, but Dr. Joseph Bunce, the executive director in New Mexico, tweeted out a picture of Hector Belmonte delivering the 2017 annual sermon in Spanish. And his son was translating it for him into English for the crowd. So we had a bilingual annual meeting sermon at the New Mexico State Convention meeting. Fantastic. That, that is cool? really cool. That's really cool. He tweeted that it's the first time that's happened in the history of the SBC. I can't verify that, uh, but I don't know when or how that would have happened before other than in the Puerto Rico State Convention meetings, uh, which I would guess is pretty much all in Spanish. So right. it, it may have happened in Florida before. I don't know. It's possible Texas, Florida, uh, states where there are a larger contingent of Hispanic Southern Baptist possible. But very cool to see this. Uh, the annual meeting, the sermon for the convention, the main sermon being translated uh, father and son. That's even cooler. Very cool. That's neat. So, And I know your husband, Keith, is up in Minnesota, Wisconsin uh, with Leo Endel and company up there. And uh, he is at yes. that annual meeting this week. Yeah, so he's just uh, zipped up there uh, to uh, catch up with some folks and speak to them, and then um, he'll be uh, coming coming home 
Um, but excited, excited to be up there with those folks. Yep. And Missouri also held theirs this week. They did pass those bylaw changes we had kind of mentioned uh, a little bit on the podcast. So everything kind of went off without a hitch in Missouri. They also had the governor of Missouri speak at the uh, state convention annual meeting, which is kind of cool. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah, quite the big deal. And then uh, next week, I'll be in West Virginia next Thursday night whenever we uh, are set to record this. So we've got to work that out, you and I do. Uh, but I'll be in West Virginia at the West Virginia annual meeting with Dr. Rayner. Nice. Well, so, uh, then, tis the then season, we're, right? um, tis the season. Yes. Uh, next week we have, um, pre preview day for the college at Southeastern. So we're very excited about that. Uh, looking forward to our biggest crowd ever. And, uh, so there's still time, uh, to, to sign up for that. Um, but that'll be fun. And then we go into our state convention here in uh, North Carolina a uh, week after next. So yeah. very, very busy time. I, I think the the one in Tennessee is uh, the week after that. So yes. I, I plan on, I think, going to make it up to some of that in uh, Tennessee. There's some discussions about messenger seating going on in Tennessee right now. So I'm going to keep an eye on that yeah. as well. And uh, I know also, we don't want to forget this, next week is George Robinson's favorite night of the year. It is. Uh, Halloween uh, is uh, on Tuesday, and George Robinson, professor at Southeastern, um, uh, has a, there's a very popular blog post that um, uh, I think it actually, I was just talking to the blog manager uh, today, um, to Jason Rowe, and we're going to repost that on Monday because it always gets uh, shared. But really incredible, the outreach that he does. And, and I do have to say... Um, that post has run for years about how he and his family greet uh, trick-or-treaters outside their home. And I, I really appreciated it when I first read it. But living here in this town and the um, the way this town celebrates that evening together with people coming out, there will be um, thousands of people on uh, North Main Street on Tuesday night. I and my family, uh, my family will be out there. And so the Robinson family does an incredible job because they live right there on that street where everyone comes and they have coffee and they have gospel tracts and they um, share with people. And it is an incredible opportunity uh, to connect when the whole town is literally coming to their doors. Um, so yes, that will be on Tuesday night. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'd love to know what else other folks are doing for, uh, the, you know, churches have your standard trunk or treat or fall festival type things. Sure. But I, it'd be neat to, to know if any other seminaries do anything like big like that. Uh, I, I don't know if it was a fall festival or what I stumbled onto at the campus of Southwestern tonight, but uh, yeah. they had something going on. Uh, so I, I wonder if the, any, any of the other seminaries kind of do, I know this is not really an official seminary type thing, but I'm, you know, sure, I'm just no. wondering, you know, it's always neat to hear what other people are doing. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do at the house. I'm waiting on the weather and everything right. like that. But uh, we have what's, to ask our, our friends up at Southern too, uh, the sponsor of this yeah. uh, podcast, what they do. kind of neat. What's been, yeah, what's been interesting, and I think church is thinking about this, you know, all the time. What's been interesting through our time is that uh, when we were in Waverly, the fall festival that Waverly put on actually was where the town came. Oh, that's cool. Um, so even better. Yeah. So, um, so people from all over the town and the surrounding towns would actually come to our church and, uh, and do stuff. So it was an incredible outreach event. Then we went to, uh, when we lived in Nashville, um, Creve, Crevewood Baptist Church 
did a really neat thing because that was a neighborhood that enjoyed um, a lot of trick-or-treaters. So they had a um, like a hot dog kind of cookout and a photo booth for people to come and have a free dinner and get uh, their pictures made in their costumes as they went out into the neighborhood. So it's kind of a blend of not pulling people away from what was going on, but like reaching out to the folks who were coming in. And then we came to Wake Forest and found out that the town had a longstanding tradition of sort of this street with the historic homes. And so people really join in with that and go out and um, are sort of a part of what the town's doing. So I, I think sometimes you're, you look at sort of the customs of what's around you and say, how can we reach um, a community? And what a time, I mean, right now, what other night does everyone leave their houses to go out and just be together? That's, that's really a rare thing. It is. Now. Right. <laughs> and, and so I, I've seen some neat things where churches and communities actually look and say, um, what what are the people around us doing and how can we actually uh, tap into that and connect with them? So uh, it's it, it's a really neat thing. I'd love to hear, um, you know, if, if people are listening, send us, you know, tweet to us, send us links to uh, pictures of what you're doing or, you know, if you have something on your website or whatever. I, I mean, we've done trunk retreats. We, we've done it all. It, and it, there are some great, great opportunities uh, during this time. All right. Well, you heard the lady. Send us your info and let us know what you're doing. And uh, we'd, we'd love to know if any of the other entities are doing yeah, anything. Yeah, if you do, it, yeah, we'll retweet it. We'll share it. These yeah. are great ideas. Yep. So I, I know like with Southern and Southwestern, uh, you know, a lot of on-campus students, uh, I, we drove by the Southwestern, the new housing over there. I, you know, I kind of wonder if they do something over there um, in the housing area there, especially at Southern too. So. All right. Well, thanks again to the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and the Billy Graham School for sponsoring this week's podcast. That's going to do it for us, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. 